Hey, it's Rob. If you missed our 17th place roundtable, we had a good one. Chappelle and I got together with Brandon Donlin, Zach Wurtenberger, and Maddie for a very fun podcast talking about week two of Survivor. On Friday night, Taryn had the first BB Can roundtable. Whether you're keeping up with every episode or just want to know what's going on, Taryn, Melissa, and Chappelle have everything from week one of BB Can. And the Amazing Race is back this week. I'll be kicking off the season with Mike and Jess on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that here on RHAP. We know reality TV. To the challenge rider dies or half up podcast for episode 11 and sort of episode 10. I am Brian Cohn. With me, as always, is my co host, Ali. How are you? I'm glad to be back. How are you? I'm good to be back as well. Been a, you know, week off, recharge the batteries. Always fun to watch an episode without podcasting, but here we are back again. The man goes on vacation, comes back with a new house, big, doing big yeah. things. It's been a wild couple of weeks. Put that, uh, you know, anything over that much money for anything is quite, quite the, uh, quite the experience. But yeah, big, uh, big personal moment for me. Uh, very, very exciting stuff. Um, I, you know, one thing I have to flag. If you're misguided, flag it. I love, oh um, I love the subtle difference in your "I bought a house" post from Instagram to Twitter. In that, in Instagram, you're like. Sonny's got a backyard and in right. uh Twitter you were like my dog. <laughs> right. Well I want you know, I feel like my Instagram audience definitely knows the name of my dog. I I'm not hundred percent sure the Twitter audience does, so you gotta keep it more vague or like more uh more uh, accurate to think about your audience. You know, you learn a lot about yourself podcasting, I think, because you get feedback and you hear yourself and whatever. I I genuinely meant like I was impressed at the subtle distinction and I totally understood mm-hmm. why you did it. I think it came across like I was reading you, but I, I meant. No, 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 not at all. Okay. Because I, I had like a moment where I copied it over from my Instagram and I was on Twitter. I was like, and I was about to press post. I'm like, does everyone know my dog's name on Twitter? Or like, they're going to think I bought like a sunny house or something. They're like, what? So yeah, so I was like, I'll just change it to the dog. Keep it, uh, keep it nooch. Was it, keep it nooch. Was it, um, you came up with. Did you have any uh, close second place names for Sunny, or was it always Sunny? You know what's really funny about that? Neither of us remember the moment <laughs> when we came up with a name. We were just like calling our fictional dog Sunny, and I also I really like this is this says I don't know what this says about me, but I like the idea of like an old timey voice being like, "Hey, Sunny, what do you say? Come here, Sunny," and I think that kind of stuck. I'm not a hundred percent sure how we came up with the name, but that's my leading theory. Well, here's what it says about you. Um, <laughs> it's the least surprising thing of all time. <laughs> like it's not a reveal. <laughs> also, did Sunny bark in response to you saying that, or was that no? But my imagination. No, but, no Emily. It might have been Emily barking because she just texted me saying that that is not what happened. I did not fall for an old voice. <laughs> I love Emily. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, well, thank you, to Emily, for jumping in. Um, 
Well, it'll be nice when I'm in the house. I'll be like on a different room, maybe even a different floor. And uh, maybe Sunny won't be uh, interrupting as much. Well, you could be in my room. There you go. Yeah. That's how about that. The fact that so in the house that <laughs> I bought, the daughter is also named Allie. And Allie was just boom. We thought when we looked at the house, it was like like one of the like sticker things that you could just quickly peel off. No, that thing is plastered, painted with like glitter. It's like ingrained in that wall. So I think, I don't know, like your name's just going to be deep seated in the, one of the child's bedrooms. <laughs> My girl. Um, yeah. No, but that's really exciting. So you mentioned that we're briefly going to touch on episode 10. I, mm-hmm. I, I think for me, the number one thing we have to discuss is the puss in boots um, <laughs> of it all. Like, wh- like I, really what I, my biggest question about that, like collaboration is, are they trying to get a more adult audience into puss in boots, like the Shrek nostalgia or are literally like, 10 to 15 year olds the prime audience of the challenge both fair questions um i think they were just trying to prank tj to make him say <laughs> some boots that many times that's my leading theory but uh i really hope the challenge audience not, is not meant for 10 to 15 year olds because that's not great about the future of the show I, I don't think but yeah i don't know it's a very interesting crossover i know that the challenge i want to say like 10 years ago, I was aware that like the main age bracket was like not 18 to 34, but like the step below that, like 12 to Mm -hmm. 25 or whatever it is. I don't know what it is now. I think the answer is probably both. Like there's a good amount of people who might be like, oh, right. Like Shrek, like Jordan, they had him do that. Like I love Shrek, like bit. And then also I do think kids watch this show. Yeah. (laughs) But I I never understood how they judge that because I feel like if your age bracket is 12 to 20, like, how are you tracking that? Because they're definitely not watching it, like, on live MTV with a Nielsen box. So I, I don't know how they're, like, fully track. Are they starting to integrate, like, streaming and, like, that into ratings and stuff like that nowadays? I don't know. Text Max Dawson, you know? Like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> giving elderly. Uh, but, yeah, not a Nielsen box. Although I do have a friend who was a <laughs> Nielsen, like, tracker, but it wasn't a box. Like, I was like, wow, they're still doing that. Um, mm-hmm. The real headline is that we get a look at what the format is going to be as we move forward, at least in the interim. Mm-hmm. I mean, we speculated maybe there'd be a draw. We tried to figure out how math that, that was mathematically possible. It seems to suggest they can't really do these this format for that long, but we find out it's going to be the winning team of the daily is going to vote someone from the other team in via group deliberation. Mm-hmm. And then the other folks on the losing team will draw daggers uh, and the safe dagger will pick the other person to go in. I mean, now if on a men's elimination day next week, the green aren't whatever the Devon team loses, it's really just one person safe and the other person goes in. <laughs> That's so rude to Mariah that it's the Devon team. <laughs> not even well, like the I was thinking of the men who would be left. It was because I was thinking the men's right. day. But yeah, so yeah, I guess there would be no really draw. The draw would just be picking the safe. Yeah, not um, then picking someone who is safe. You would just. And then if it gets down the road, then there wouldn't even be a draw in a couple of weeks if the if the seven team loses this week and the following week. Come episode thirteen, it's just the two men that are left are just in the elimination, which actually isn't even that like they've done that before. I feel like in like the invasion of the champions, I think it got down to the point where there was no vote. It was just the teams were small enough at that point. It was just the two people that are left are just the two people in. Um, but or maybe they'll do. I don't. I don't see us see them doing a team swap anytime soon. So uh, yeah, I think they're riding this one out. 
Well, the the other twist we learned about in episode 10, which is you live or die by your ride or die, and the eliminated contestants are going to stick around based on the longevity of their ride or die that's left in the game. I mean, seems all but certain that we're not running this as two teams, that we are going to shift back to some potentially ride or die formation. Yeah, and I don't, I don't hate this as much, nearly as much as some other Redemption House, mainly because it seems like this is not going to play a factor at all until the day they come back. Like we, didn't, unless the only reason why we didn't get a sense of the Redemption House this week is because the only person in it was Kenny, and then it just not going to show. And now maybe next week we'll see the Redemption House because Narice, who's someone who's far more interesting, is there. So maybe we'll get to like see her with Kenny in the Redemption House. But my guess is we don't see them at all until you know maybe five episodes from now down the road, six episodes from now. And that's when they'll do the reveal and they'll compete to see who comes back. So I don't, I don't mind this nearly as much as what they've done in other instances like 30, 30, where it's like every, every two episodes, someone's coming back. I don't think that's going to be what's happened here. No, I agree. I think it's going to be at the end of the game, but okay. So like the way TJ said it was like, or at least the way I heard it is if your ride or die stays in the game, you will have a chance to get back in the house. So it didn't yep. seem to me like it was if there are five individuals at the final, their five ride or dies will come back to the extent they've been eliminated and run as pairs. Like it doesn't seem like every rider, like maybe if your ride or die is left in the house, you'll have a chance one of the evicted ride or dies will be able to come back into the game or something like yeah, that. Yeah. That that's how I picked it up, dude. That as long as like if, if Nelson gets eliminated next week, Nelson and Reese go home. They're not like in the redemption house with any, like they're just eliminated and they're done. But I think eventually down the road, if you know maybe one man, one woman will come back from the redemption house of people that still have their ride or die uh, in the game. Getting back to the eliminated, um, like the elimination style, the format is what I'm looking for. Can we improve? I mean, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Do you like the way this is going to shake out or do we, does it need improvement? And if so, can we workshop improving it? I mean, I, I think I like it. I don't know what I would do to change it. Um, I, I, I'm glad it's not like one member of each team squaring off. I think a team that wins should deserves to be completely safe. Um, so I, I don't think I, I would change it to that. Um, I wouldn't want it to, I mean, I guess you could add in instead of the draw, the losing team votes one of their own in. But I don't know. Then it's just coming down to like trying to knock out the weak people. I'll, I, I, I don't mind there being like the winning team having the power of picking who they want and then a little bit of luck with some alliance based about who you choose to save. I kind of like, I, I wouldn't hate this strategy if this format, if this was a season long format, to be honest. So I don't automatically hate it. I just think to your TikTok's point, like we've run this drill before and, you know, trimming the fat on your team and losing constantly can end up being a good thing in Survivor, in the challenge and whatever. And I don't love like running a team down to the absolute like core strength. Like if this team is going to get down to being Jordan, Devin and whoever the strongest woman turns out to be on their team amber you know whoever like against a team that has won every single challenge and then 
the mm-hmm. team th- that's been the biggest losers win. Like I'm sort of over that format. And I do think that that's where we're going. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not angry at it yet. I think a few like minor tweaks, minor problems. I like, and so then I was thinking, but I don't know how to improve it really is like, do you do an all-stars format where, you know, each week they have to have a team captain and then that team captain of the losing team automatically goes in and then the mm-hmm. rest of everyone is up for grabs and only the captain is safe. Like, could you do something like that? But I get your point that like, if you win, you should be safe. So I, I don't have a perfect solution. But I don't want to see the shitty team stripped out onto the studs. Unfortunately, I think the only solution is having two more balanced teams. The fact that the teams aren't even, although even like this week was just trivia, so like Devin's right. team could have easily have won. But if you have two even teams, then you're going back and forth. One week, one person from one team is being limited. The next one, the other team is being limited. And you're getting to the final of it being, you know, 4v4 or 5v3. It's not as drastic as, you know, 8v2 or something like that, where it, it kind of works out like that. So I think that's really the only solution is if the production got involved and they pick, handpick the teams to make them even rather than like kind of playing out where it just worked out that Mariah's team uh, physically is, is not nearly as strong as, uh, as Fessy's team. And, and you know, it's not unheard of. Like, you know, Nelson is having some unrest in the last two episodes. Like maybe he's going to, th- or just generally, maybe they're like, well, we need to trim some of our fat too. We're going to throw this challenge and then whatever. Mm-hmm. But I do think even like, I do think, as you said before, it's, it's sort of overreported that this is such a weak team. I think a lot of it is mindset and momentum. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's not a weak team when you look at each individual. Uh, the other thing I don't like just to nitpick is the ev- having everyone there for the interrogation even further neuters what the interrogation already was like you can't make like to to incentivize someone to vote your way you need to be cutting a deal and saying nani i won't vote you in next or not nani tori i won't vote you in i'll vote in the other women but if you're there with all eight people it's like you can't what are you doing there no that i totally agree with that to me like the, the those tribunals the interrogations that's meant for smaller circles where the, you gain power from the knowledge of being in that room. When everyone's in that room, it, there's no point to it. The, the only the, the only deliberation should just be the winning team in the room talking about who they want to go with. There's no point of bringing people in one by one. Or if you're going to do that, like, I don't know, you siphon it off where two people from each team get to interrogate one person or something. But the fact that it's eight to one, the knowledge is everyone. So there's no knowledge to be gained by doing this. I told you that should have been left in the first half of the season. They should have left the interrogation uh, out in the second half and just make it the winning team comes together and they're in that room just talking about who they want to vote in. Right. Um, and I think that really is the most interesting part of this is everybody has got an agenda and everybody's agenda is open because you know who their ride or die is. So you know they want to keep those people in the house. You want to keep those people on the other team so that they can save you when you're up for elimination. Mm-hmm. And like, it's interesting to see Nelson and Fessel like fight. And when you really, and we'll get to it, but when you break, break it down, like what they're proposing is basically putting Nani in jeopardy, but, or, or they have to turn on each other. So I, I think it makes for an interesting dynamic. I'm glad they're doing it. But you mentioned the even team. So I guess let's just get to episode 11. I'll stop getting stuck on episode 10. Do you think that yeah. Mariah got manipulated? 
manipulated by Fessel or was she just too fixated on Jordan? Yeah, I think I don't I don't get by the narrative because I feel like when we went down the draft uh, a couple of weeks ago, I feel like the only pinpoint we had was taking Amber over Chauncey, like just for the sheer size factor of not having someone like Chauncey. But as we see clearly here, uh, Amber is a beast. So having her on your team is certainly not a bad thing. I just I really think the order of how it went down and the drastic difference of having Casey versus Kenny. I, I think that was the driving factor. I don't think Mariah did anything that drastically wrong with her draft. I think having Jordan is a fine pick. And I I, I mean, look, they could have easily won this challenge. They were one question away, right? Like the Q could have easily have won this one and it's even it's one, one and sure they don't have the strength, but obviously the dailies aren't all about strength. So I don't think this was anything about her being manipulated. I, I don't buy that narrative that they're trying to sell. I agree. I think, Fessel's like double pick in a row was strange. Like that he we tried to figure that out that he got to pick. I forget if it was two men in a row or two women in a row. Um, yeah, but yeah, the alternative is like if Fessel's saying that. I mean, the only thing Fessel could be saying is like I would have traded you better people for Jordan, like a two for one, like and I would have forgone a better pick to get Jordan. But that seems unlikely. Why would he do that? And. The alternative is that she would have picked bananas first, sending Nani to Fessel's team. But then you get Anissa, and really, you don't want to go up against Anissa in an elimination. So, like, the smarter move for her is to have a friend in bananas on the other team yeah. and have a weaker, sorry, an elimination person like Nani to go against. So, I don't know what could have been done differently for Mariah, really, except what you've already highlighted. But I don't think Fessel was like some big bad wolf who didn't have her best interest in mind. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. I think for Mariah, clearly here, having bananas on that other side really helped her this week. I think, um, I think having his voice there kind of helped steer the ship away from any conversation that could have been her. I don't necessarily think it was like that drastic of a say, but I think maybe next week it, it can matter. Um, I, I think absolutely having someone as as prominent of a voice as Bananas as your calling card on the other side is certainly a good thing for her. One thing I've been really looking forward to getting your opinion on all four hours since I watched the episode or whatever it's been. Mm. Um, Amber and Mariah have this conversation and I read this conversation to be, oh, Mariah is being promoted to new Michelle. Like Amber mm -hmm. has a relationship with Mariah. Mariah's saying, oh, I was under Fessel's thumb and he hated Amber and now I'm my own person and like I love Amber and we're good like Judy's and whatever. What happens there? Because then like, you know, I was thinking, okay, Mariah's in a great position because Amber would save Mariah and Nani would save Mariah. But Mariah starts stumping to get Amber in. Like, did I read too much into that Amber and Mariah conversation in the beginning of the episode? No, I, I'm with you. I was a little confused about how we ended up where we did. And the only thing I can think of is, you know, as good as it is to have bananas on the other team, I think he also gets in your ear a lot. And I think having him get in Mariah's ear about what the benefits would be of having Amber go in as opposed to someone else um, and, you know, getting the good side of bananas and Casey and people on that other side on, on the other team, I think probably played the, the larger role of doing what they're bidding wanted them to be. Um, but we'll break that down, I guess, as we get through, but I don't want to step on your favorite challenges toes here. I don't want to see yada, no, yada the daily. 
Oh, no, I think I backed off my favorite challenge. I think I said it's getting a little worn down to the trivia challenge. I'm a little over at trivia. I mean, I did like this format with, like, the spinning wheel of death. I thought that was, like, a fun extra element, not, like, just, you know, launching them into the water. I thought this was a fun twist. But I think trivia's kind of played out. I would be fine if we went a couple seasons without it and then came back in a grand fashion because this one didn't really offer uh, all, all that many memorable moments. Okay, this is so funny because I thought I was going to show up here sacrilege. I don't know that I think trivia is like played out necessarily. Like, I think it still is almost necessary as like a breath in the season or like can allow certain people to win who wouldn't otherwise win sometimes, whatever. It didn't happen this week. But I hated the wheel. I found it really difficult to watch. I didn't trust the order it was created. You know, like I didn't understand that. I didn't get the theme that like it was all about ride or die pairs, but then sometimes it's about your partner, but Casey's partner's not there. Like I almost wish it was actually all about your partner and they were still asked. They could still ask Casey questions about Kenny, even though he's not there. Mm-hmm. I found it unpleasant yeah, to cool. watch is, was my, no, I like, <laughs> you know, I like those. I would have, that would have been really cool. Although I think it would have exposed, which it like kind of did a little bit, like how fake some of these ride or dies are. Like if you're, <laughs> ride or die you don't know like how many siblings the person has or like their last name like it's not like i can do that for most of my like sort of good friends but like my ride or die i would be able to tell you how many siblings they have and the fact that they couldn't i feel like not great for the ride or die-ness of, of these pairs yeah it is funny that they don't mind and like i sort of respect that the way it's been handled. Cause like, you'd think they'd edit that part out about Fessel and Mariah. I mean, I know they're trying to like beef up this, like they were ride or dies. And now it's like, maybe they're not as close as Mariah thought and Fessel like scammed her, but I don't know that it's helping the th- format of the show yeah. to be showing that. And what was the other one? Like what a month that they were born in? Like I can yeah. do that for most of the people in my life, let alone like the person I'm claiming is my ride or die. You don't know <laughs> the month. Maybe you'll screw up like the date, but like the month, come on. When did I wish you a happy birthday like seven months? Did <laughs> <laughs> you wish you a happy birthday? I'm like, I think it was like September. I'm like, you couldn't be more far off from my birthday. Hold on. Uh, March? No, March February. Is oh, yeah, Feb- my birthday is in February. Okay, okay. No, that was me guessing now. <laughs> oh, okay, got it. I thought you were trying to guess when you got when you wish me a happy birthday. No, no, no. I don't know why I did that. I still don't remember. I don't understand. That was a classic. That was an all-timer. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> For anyone who's joining us, that's what happened. I was on pod and I was like, oh my God, Brian, happy birthday. And you were like, what the? Yeah, that was very This is meant for me. I'm actually trying okay. to look back and see like, what it was. But, uh, um, I'll try to find it at some point. Um, I... I do think like, you know, we've been tracking this Nelson thing or you've been tracking this Nelson thing. You know, you broke the the streak wide open. The producers jumped on it. Uh, everybody was talking about Nelson this season. Now we have in the middle of the trivia challenge, what I can only understand is a huge coronation for Nelson of like, he sucks at trivia. You thought he was bad at the dailies but he was mm-hmm. so bad at trivia. And then he gets two questions correct and everyone is so proud of him and Norris is so proud of him. And this is the, like, he's been killing it all season. Is Nelson winning this season? Like, is this is this the season for Nelson? 
It's I I wrote in my notes like I know the challenge doesn't do winners at it, but is Nelson getting a winners at it? Because I thought the same thing. Even though there's been a lot of like offhand, not even about the trivia, but like a couple of people have said like Nelson's been such a beast this season. Like this is the season for him. Like I feel like we've been set up in this way for other people before. Like I like obviously like the Leroy one comes the most example where I thought they were really building him up only to to strike it down. But that was almost you could kind of see it coming. I think we were just blind to it because we didn't want it to go down the path that it did. This just feels like yeah, Nelson is just like being set up to win this season. And it feels different than like Leroy, let's say, because that season was all about Leroy. And like the bananas and Nani thing has sort of faded into the background. I think Nani was the other person that was like competing with Nelson for like the quote unquote winners edit. We haven't really yeah. heard from them in a while in like a major way. And then we get the Nelson stuff, which is different than the Nani and Leroy stuff, because I remember watching Leroy and Nani and feeling I was so desperate for Leroy to win and it didn't feel certain. It felt like the whole edit was, this is his last season. This is his last chance. Not like, wow, he's playing a different game and he's effing crushing it, you know? And I know that Leroy mm-hmm. and Nelson have different sort of backgrounds. Like they couldn't make that for Leroy because Leroy doesn't need to overcome a 54 losing streak or whatever it is. But like, Nelson feels more like an arrival, whereas Leroy, I felt I was afraid the whole season, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I, t- I totally agree. I feel like the audience was fully along with the ride of one the the Nelson win or the Leroy win. I don't know necessarily that the audience would be, you know, chopping at the bit, cheering on Nelson come to the final if he's there like wanting him to win so badly. I don't even think the coronation of him winning would obviously be nearly as much as it would have been uh, if Leroy had won also. So, but like, I do, it does feel more real that it could happen here for Nelson. It does. I'm not mad at it, especially now that he's like mm-hmm. sort of at the bottom, at least if we believe the edit that he's at the bottom of his own winning team. I mean, how Nelson is it that he genuinely, and I believe him that he'd rather lose with like loyal people than win which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very believable. He, he's done it before. He's literally chosen to lose for loyalty, like with Corey. Like he chose to throw himself <laughs> right. in for loyalty. Um, and I wonder if this is almost like the fact that Nerys, I know it's very different than like Blood versus Water, but we saw in Survivor where like you lose, and it's also like midway through the game, but like you, you see what happens when you lose your pair, and somehow like you're able to slide more under. So I wonder if him not having his pair a little bit, like... Maybe he's able to hide a little bit more. People aren't worried about his ride or die, like on the other side, helping him or something like that. I don't know if there's anything to it. The fact that Nerese has gone to that help Nelson somehow. Um, I, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I don't know about Nelson with Nerese, but I think that's the Casey Kenny story. And I would describe Casey's attitude about Kenny leaving as restrained jubilation. <laughs> Yeah. The one thing that I'll say also about last week or episode 10 or whatever it was, um, Casey was like very mean. The fact that she kept making the joke, like I think you make the joke once or twice about Kenny <laughs> being like undersized and he's an underdog. You can make the David versus the Goliath joke, but she kept being like, yeah, Kenny's really small. <laughs> Kenny doesn't stand much of a chance. <laughs> this would be so funny if Kenny actually did anything positive. <laughs> it, it got to the point where it's like, Jesus Christ, Casey, like, lay off him a little bit. Yeah, and I don't know if that was somehow the strategy because Kenny's attitude was like, I'm going in regardless because I'm not a threat, so please put me in. Like, 
even though it's not in your best interest to put me in as the house vote, like if you don't, I'm going in regardless against a bigger person. So put me in. So I have the best chance to stay and you want me to stay because mm-hmm. I'm weak. But I, yeah, I thought we get like sort of a redeeming moment of Casey and Nani where she's like upset about, it, but I didn't think Casey really one fought for Kenny at all. And two cared that he left, but that, again, maybe that was mm-hmm. just their strategy because he wanted to go in. And I know they couldn't have absolutely foreseen this like team split, but it really just again goes to show how how stupid it was that they were trying to be so nice and not having Nani and Casey go up against each other. Because you see here, you have the entire women's team coming together to be like, all right, what is the best thing we can do to help not in this in this vote? And it's like this is what this is what they did. This is what like mainly Jay and Michelle could have easily have done as force Casey and Nani to go up against each other and force one of them to go home because of how interconnected they are with so many teams and keeping them both in the game keeps those branches to get together and it makes it so hard to to penetrate between like Casey's connections, Nani's connections. They're 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 both very strong uh teammates and competitors. Like you have to break that up. And the fact that they didn't do it, having so many opportunities to do so just because they're trying to be nice and it would have been mean to force them to go up against each other. It's like, no, this is a game. You're both on this show on different teams. Like this could easily have happened. And it's so ridiculous that they never did it. I agree. Totally. It does feel a little bit like how many times are we waiting for someone to turn on CT and they're just like, no, 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 that stuff. That's fine. Go to the final. But Casey and Nani are not just Casey and Nani, right? They're like also then reinforced by Bananas and Fessy and Nelson and, you know, like through Fessy. Like they they have such insulation around them that it almost feels scarier. No, it does, but it's like... That makes it worse. But but I think the... I agree agree with you. It's like, I want to see people put CT in. I want to see people like don't play to get to the final play to win the final. And so then you have to do exactly what you're saying, which is break them up. But if you're afraid of the, the, the ricochet, is that what I'm trying to say? You're afraid of like the, mm-hmm. the it coming back to you, the boomerang, like it's 10 times bigger when it's like that reinforced yeah. that maybe you think like, well, I can't possibly actually take them down. So I'll worry about small potatoes, which is not what we want to see as viewers, but I can like, sort of understand it it's a scary situation mm-hmm. yeah any, any questions during the trivia thing stand out to you before we completely jump on past it i mean the biggest one that turned out that uh, turned out to me not nice <laughs> the deep uh rhap cut is like suddenly the last question is basic multiplication where the hell did the I mean, math all, come as the most important question it all time TJ voiceover too, right before that, right? The since this is the last question, this has to be a math question. Well, what a voiceover that was. Like, it's not even PEMDAS. It was like the most easy no. question of all time. Yeah, what was it? was like 60. Is it 60 times 20 times three minus two or something like that? It was it was not even it, like weird numbers. Like throw in a 24 or you know, 36 or something. No, the yeah, the la- the multiplication ended up being 120 minus two, and it was like ten times four, like ten times four times three, or something ridiculous. Right. Like, so yeah. The Ugh, I hate in, the, the math. I hate the math. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but any questions stand out to you? Not really. Um, other than yeah, the ones about like the partners, you know, not knowing birthdays and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I felt bad for Horacio. I feel like 
not knowing, like finding cloud, that's a very American thing, right? Like that's an American story. I feel like not, you're not from here. You're not going to know that. Yeah. And then the, the grandpa got Thelma and Louise, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, Nani killed me. I mean, the Venus and Serena Williams was insane. That's like really just like, yeah, that, no that was kind of crazy. That. That's I crazy. I, I, yeah, that makes that's wild. I died at Ellen Grace, and then when she gets it, Grace, when Nani yeah. gets it wrong, she goes, Kill me. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Frozen, though, is one of my all time favorite conspiracy theories. Do you know, do you know this one? Hold on one second. Let me get my tinfoil hat. Okay, go ahead. Because this one, I actually, I fully, fully believe, but believe, believe <laughs> that around the time this movie came out, that was when uh, Walt Disney like froze his body or brain or whatever it was. So to prevent, to like bury that in the SECO search of Google, they wanted to have a movie called Frozen. So that if you search Disney Frozen, instead of seeing all the stories and articles about Walt Disney like freezing his body and brain, it just gets you to the to this movie. That's amazing. Is there something mm-hmm. controversial? And I don't know the answer to this. Like about him freezing his brain. It's probably just a little weird. Maybe it's like not you know fully like, taboo. It's not, not really like taboo. on brand. Okay, work. Yeah, I it's like, like off brand. Yeah. So that one, I, I fully believe. Wow, they made a boatload of cash too, covering that up. Good for them. Yeah. I think the conspiracy is not that they created like the concept of the movie, but then we're coming up with a name. They're like, oh, let's do Frozen. So it like buries like the, I guess they, they tossed out like Frozen Head or Frozen Brain and they just made it just Frozen. I love that. That's yeah. genius. Tim, put the tinfoil hat back down. Maybe we'll come back later. Uh, no, I'm putting like my business suit on. That's genius. Or <laughs> my lab coat, whatever. <laughs> um, I'm screwing in the light bulb above my head that suggests I have an idea. Uh, no, that's great. Um, but yeah, otherwise, like, I agree. This was sort of a trivia fail. Uh, I, when they have to do a montage of TJ laughing because TJ's not really laughing during this challenge, it's, it's broken. Yeah, not great. Not great. Some, I think there was some forced TJ laughing in there. I think, I think if you put TJ to a lie detector, I feel like even he would be like, yeah, I, I enjoy trivia every once in a while, but not too much. I think you could see more <laughs> genuine laughs in other moments, other like hard falls and, other like stupid things that people do. The, the forced laugh from TJ, I feel bad. Well, I mean, I think a huge part of trivia too was the falling, was getting the laugh too. And like by true. taking that yeah. out, he, you lose that aspect too. I totally agree. But um, speaking of lie detectors, let's put Tori on a lie detector. How much of Tori targeting Narice is personal and how much of it is it that it's the right game of? It's a great question. Um, I I genuinely don't think it's personal. I think it is more game that she is one of the strongest women, and it would make complete sense to to get her out. But you have there has to be some part. Like if she was like her best friend, I think Tori would be trying to save her more. Like if it's if it's some world world like they viewed Anissa how they do Norris, like she's some major threat to, to get her out. Like I'm sure Tori is fighting much harder to keep Anissa than she is here with Therese. But I I don't think it's like so outlandishly crazy that it makes no sense game wise that it's all personal. But I would I would say it's almost all game, but like with a little like sprinkle of, yeah, this actually works pretty well because you know, who wants to see like their ex gonna hooking up with someone? Yeah, I mean I think the fact that 
they have a personal beef makes it, well, I should hit her before she hits me. Like, because what's going to stop Norris from mm-hmm. targeting me? You should want to target me for the same reasons that Tori wants to target her, including just like the personal that they're never going to be friends. So like, we're never going to work yeah. together. So things in this game should be personal. You need to build like social relationships. I think Jordan's a real ass in this episode. <clears throat> Not surprising. Like the way that he talks about a, his connection with Norris. It's again, he's like, it's so nice to be with someone where I don't ever have to think about anything. Well, like, that's not really respectful to Norris as a person, one. And two, the fact that he does like acts like he's doing nothing wrong. I'm sorry, you're doing something wrong. You're like being so not considerate and you're messing Norris's game up and your own game up. And like, I, I just, I, I just can't get on board with that for, for him, for anyone. I am very team Tori on this. If Tori were on Norris's team, and they were in the bottom and Tori was going to, let's say, Nani on the other side and saying, I know we need Narisa's strength, but I can't stand her, like put her in. And it was a bad game decision for her own team. But in this mm-hmm. case, all of the interests for her are aligned. Sour grapes for Jordan. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. I, yeah, I think uh, with everything. Absolutely. What was, if we get to the interrogation, what was Amber's strategy here? Because she's like, you guys have never had my back. So, like, maybe one time you will. <laughs> like, I don't know what the goal was. But then I guess the question really is, like, what should, what can you even do with eight, the eight people all there at once? And honestly, I don't hate that strategy. Because if I'm Amber, I'm like, you know what? I've tried hugging people. i tried being friends with people. i tried making deals with people. They all hate me. So why would I, why not just admit it? Like, look, I know you all hate me, but maybe throw me a bone one time. I would love it. One time, give me a give me a chance for for some safety because nothing else she's doing is working. She can't get a single person to work with her. Like she can't. I feel like I wouldn't be surprised at some point. Chauncey ends up voting against her. I feel like they're almost kind of hinting at it the way Amber's like, you can do it. Like I wouldn't even be surprised if it came down to it, and like Chauncey like goes along with his team to, to vote her out because that's how little she's able to corral votes in this game. I mean, it is giving that because we did get that scene where. It- Amber's like, if you ever had to, you could vote for me. But, and she doesn't really seem that afraid of going in, and she shouldn't be. She dominates, but absolutely. I, okay. What about this? And this is like a desperate stretch. I don't really fault anyone for how they acted in the interrogation. I don't think it's useful. But when they're saying, well, what would you do if you pulled the dagger? What if Amber says, do you have a goal in mind? Do you want two people in the elimination? Because I will execute that goal. What whoever it is, I thought this. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought turning in on them is the way to do it to try to get information. Because I think, even especially in this type of situation where if you're doing it just to one or two people, they might be more gun shy about saying. But if you toss the question out to eight people, one of them might have a slip of the tongue and say who they at least want out. So I, I don't hate that move of, and then maybe you're turning the team against each other also. So I, I think that is a very viable thing to do. And it's not as, and it's like, you don't need to tell me right now, but if you have, like, I, if you, if you don't make me the house vote and you like whisper to me at the last minute who you want me to say, like, I'll, I will execute your vision. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. But it won't work. And especially not for Amber. So again, I'm like not trying to nitpick anyone here. <laughs> no. And, and even they tried to like act like, I think, like, uh, Norris said, like, oh, Jordan gave me this great advice to like not really say anything. But that's like what everyone did. Also, like Mariah didn't really say anything. 
she was trying to like pretend that bananas gave her advice to like play down her skill set. No one really said anything of note that would that move the needle at all. So this was a big dud interrogation, which I imagine will continue for the rest of the season. What about the what about the deals that Nani's wheeling and dealing? Like, good for her. Will. I feel like, yeah, I think you know it's a little dicey for her because she is so protected that overly protecting. I feel like you start to come back to fight her. I feel like people might start even be more on to the fact that she is so protected from the other side, and now she's even more protected from her side. That at some point, someone might go for her. But look, if if someone's gonna come to you and be like, look. I'll save you if you save me. You absolutely 100% of the time say yes to that because keep yourself safe for at least that week and then deal deal with the repercussions afterwards. Especially for her because what, what repercussions is she going to face? She saved, she saved from everyone. Yeah, no, exactly. And in fact, like I think Mariah is like, a little naive for really taking that to heart. I did like in the edit that we got from Nani, like, I will save Amber. I'm just making this deal. Like she explains to us what's really happening which i appreciate it yes yeah that's what i want tell me the truth in the confessionals don't lie <laughs> like them all uh speaking of lying this apology tour Reese goes on with tori i found a awkward b ill-timed and c unfair to Reese. i don't think really Reese owes tori an apology she doesn't i i feel like it's a conversation though that i think both probably felt like they had to have um i didn't think either of them were that off in it i thought i mean look you're not going to really come to that much of an agreement between the two of them they're not going to be like hugging it out and be best friends or anything like that so i feel like they were just trying to do it just to try to you know crush some of the tension a little bit let them kind of go through the house and not be so awkward around each other i think that probably helped that work because nurse is gone so it doesn't matter like it would have helped this a little bit so i don't i don't mind wanting like them trying to accomplish this and it went okay I think Tori was willing to like take it in, which was good. But I think like she could have had a much more hostile audience because like it is, I think, too late to go to the person when they're in power and you're in jeopardy. But mm-hmm. I didn't like how Tori handled it, honestly. When she's like, I wouldn't have done this to any girl, but, um, you know, it's like Jordan's thing. It's like you would have done this. <laughs> like, I don't believe that Tori, especially a younger Tori, right. wouldn't have done this. And what did she do? Like, she's single. You guys are broken up. Like, I, you know, I I probably wouldn't have done it, but I'm more because I'd be afraid of Tori. It's really up to Jordan to respect how Tori feels about it. And and to Narisa's credit, it, okay, they have that one scene where they're cuddling and then they slept in a bedroom alone together. They keep going back to that one scene where they were cuddling and Amber's the one who went and told Tori it happened. Right. I don't really think this has been right. paraded in front of their face on Narisa's part. No, I don't think so. I think the only reason why it feels like it's in front of her face is because they're in like a house together, obviously, right? Like there's no escape. So sure in her mind it feels much worse than it is, right? Because there's just no way to get around it. It's just it's just right there. All right, let's take it to the zone. To the zone. Um <laughs> we get most of the votes for Nerese. Uh Nelson voted for Mariah. Olivia tossed the vote to Nani. And then Fessel uh, voted for Amber. But then the other five votes went for Narice. Um, Murray wants to know, why is it that winners like Ashley and Amber are continually targeted for elimination when the same doesn't seem to hold true for some of the male winners? 
We see some of the men winning season after season, but they don't seem to be tossed into elimination the same way or the same amount. Is it a personality thing, a social game thing? Does gender play a role? I'm curious. It's a good question. I mean, Banana definitely went through a stretch of being targeted pretty early and often. Um, I think this this season is like very much the rare exception, uh, especially over recent seasons of him kind of skating by. Uh, I mean, like Ashley is a very hot and cold person, right? I think a lot of people love her, a lot of people don't like her. So I, I get where that economy comes in. The Amber thing, I, I will still not understand it. Like I think we see little hints, but we're only seeing those hints because we're trying to like look through the microscope and find something. I feel like those those things we're trying to find, like the hugging the Michelle, we, they wouldn't be even discussed if she was just playing this game normally and like not always being on on the outcast. So the, the Amber thing, I truly don't understand. Um, and I think, I think the guys are champions. I don't. I think a lot of them were targeted. I mean, West gets thrown in a lot early. Bananas gets thrown in a lot early. CT is the is the exception, which again we don't really understand why. So I don't know. It's a fair point. I think also every I agree with that. I also think like the the some of the women who win the final aren't the most physically imposing or threatening in an elimination. Whereas hmm. Anissa, who can't win a final, feels more physically imposing than elimination. And so, like, even seeing what I've seen, if you asked me if I'd rather take my chances against Amber or Anissa in an elimination, I'd rather go against Amber. Certainly, yeah. And same with Ashley. So I think it's also, like, they're sort of, they're underestimated in eliminations, and they're underestimated, I think, because of their size. And that the same thing doesn't hold as true for the men. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. And also, there really there aren't that many multi like beyond two time champion women that even come back that much anymore, right? Like a lot of the them are like old time players, or a lot of them are just kind of gone. Like, I mean, there just there just aren't that many like multi like four or five six time champion women that are like these powerhouse like legend people that are just in the game anymore. No, that's really true too. Um. But yeah, I mean, Amber crushes it. It's a really good elimination. TJ bills it as one of his favorites. Uh, and, you know, all respect to Norris. I think she had a great season as Jordan shouts out, mm-hmm. but Amber crushes. And I saw you were going crazy on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, Amber's incredible, right? I mean, as TJ said, I think she called uh, he called her a savage. She, I mean, we all said after her win, like, she's a great in finals and she should be a threat in finals, but she's once again showing she should be a threat in uh, in eliminations, like challenge stats, not so flattering in terms of dailies. I think she has like one of the worst winning percentages of all time in, in dailies. Uh, but in terms of eliminations and finals, she gets it done, and she's going to keep smacking them. And I would, I would. What's not her elimination? She... Go ahead, sorry. No, no, I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if she's like one of that third or fourth peg in a small final team, and they can win it all again. Uh, what's her elimination record? Do you have it out in front of you? She's five and one now in eliminations. Wow. Yeah. The only elimination I even really remember is uh, Amber B and Amber M, which was not good. Oh, the, but... the, the, the worst all brawl of all. Of all <laughs> yeah. yeah. But in terms of like dailies, the challenge stat comes out with uh, Amber has now surpassed Nani's record of most consecutive daily losses, 24. Um, wow. She is da, 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 da. she's only one in 30 in daily challenges only one win 
So Daly's again not great, but five and one eliminations, one and zero in a final. Not too bad. There you go. Um, do we want to slot in uh, Kenny and um, Narice into where we want to see them come back? Yes, absolutely. Um, like I said before, when we did our first iteration of the list. You can rank this from absolute top to bottom. Kenny will be. He won't again. He won't, I think I said this time. He won't be dead last because I think Turbo should be dead last, but he will be right above that. Um, Kenny's a great guy, very nice guy. He should never have been on the show. He's not meant for the show. Sorry, I can, like me. Like if I was on this show, I would want the version of me podcasting. Be like, why the hell is Brian on the show? This is ridiculous. I'm sure he's a great guy. I let him podcast about the show. He has no business being on the show. That's how I feel about Kenny. Um, Narice is right at the top. I would almost put her number. I think I might put her number one. Um, I think she was fantastic. I think she brought so much to the table. I cannot believe it took MTV so long from her original season to get her on this show. Um, she, I really hope she uh, it becomes a mainstay at least in the short term because I thought she brought so much to the table. I think she's right up there with like wanting to see Laurel again for obvious reasons. But like in terms of like the newer crop, she's absolutely the top rookie that I would want to see come back. I agree. I have Kenny tied with Kim right above Turbo. And and I think he jumped up a spot to being tied with second to last for me because one, I don't really know anything about Kim. And I do think that episode 10 was a nice episode for Kenny and that I was like, oh, he is a nice guy and he does have a good personality. And I didn't mind watching the scenes that he was actually allowed to be in. But yes, he's way too normal to like ever really make air on an episode that he's not going to go home. So with much respect, See you never. Hope to see you never. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Narice, I had Michelle and Laurel tied for most want to come back. I put Narice up there, t- three-way tie. I think if I look at that list as this ages, I'll probably put Laurel above Narice and Michelle tied for second. But right now they stand in a three-way tie. Good for Narice. More people from Are You The One Very that nice. people have slept on. Like I think a lot of people have been waiting for Narice for a long time. Yeah, and uh, she absolutely delivered. She was great. So, kudos to her. Drinking game. Yep. We got from the great Kyle Card only three uh, this week. One special effect when Nelson was down the king of trivia. <laughs> there was one dual confessional. Um, one nickname, Scubinelli. Oh, and this was a fourth. So four. Uh, um, stack. There was one. What is that? Just stack. Oh, was, oh, you're uh, calling a team stack. Ah. Um. All right. I would like to add. Anytime someone mentions the name of their ride or die, who's not there. So if Casey mm-hmm. talks about Kenny or Nelson talks about Narice, et cetera, et cetera. Funny, mine was the like almost identical to that, but it's going to be anytime we see. People that are not there. So if we get a oh shot God. of the redemption house, we see them training, we see them doing anything, we get shots of the redemption house. Okay, but not in a flashback. Although I think you have a flashback, maybe already as the rule. So you mean like the we check in with them as like they currently are? Yeah, a check in. Okay, a okay. Check-in. We get a confession. Yeah, that's like, different. Okay. I hope Nelson's killing it. Like Nelson and Kenny are sitting by the pool. Like, let's see who's joining us this week. Not Nelson and Kenny. Not Nelson. Don't put that out there. Norris. No, did I say Norris? Oh, you said Nelson and Kenny. I meant to <laughs> No, Nelson's going to the end. Nelson's winning. Um, um, that's it. 
There's some means? Twitter. Yeah, there's some little social means. There's some All Stars drama, but honestly, I'm not in the loop on it. I don't know if you are, but we can. I just saw like a couple of people thought they were going to be on it that aren't on it. That's really it, right? I, I really don't know. Uh, uh, okay. Mackenzie Zimdars wrote to us about it, uh, asking us a question, and I saw it three seconds before we came. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just know, like, I think Sarah and um, I don't remember someone else that were supposed to be on it, but then I, oh, I, I did no see idea that. what happened, but they're just not on it. <laughs> I lied. I saw that. Apparently, like, Sarah made a video, I think, or some post that was like, they've been asking her to come and she was like, I'll only do it with Susie. And they were like, okay, look, let's work on that. And then she like revisited it and they were like, we can't tell you who's going to be on. And they were like, well, then I'm not going to be on. There you go. Um, okay. So then um Amber and Chauncey were posting and I took a few screenshots. So let me just get to that. Okay, so Amber said, Y'all, I wasn't mad I went into elimination. I was upset that I heard there was a plan behind my back to blindside me and that Norris wanted to go against me because she said I was checked out. Well, it's always the same story. No matter the season, I'm just over it. That's all. LOL. I was checked out and wanted to be with my family because my grandma passed away. So I was struggling. And in the same sentence, I said, I didn't want to leave because of Chauncey. I even opened up to everyone about that. No secret. Just speaking on what I heard was going around. I wanted to keep my personal life and family shit off social media. But since I got to speak on what wasn't shown, on the show then there you go the truth told the girls that if i went home then just know i'm happy because i get to be with my family and that i was happy to play the game with them literally just had an open conversation because i knew one of us was going home and chauncey uh tweeted amber's grandmother passed away during the season and so she felt checked out to where mentally it was draining she stayed in the game for me so i can get the opportunity of a lifetime not being a show before then being able to compete don't mean she want to go home. Shrug emoji, five and one heart. Oh, weird. I guess I should have done a record. Somebody saying they feel checked out, especially due to personal matters, isn't supposed to be used as leverage to against them. They tell you that because they trust you and opening up to you. So saying you want to go against somebody because they feel checked out is different. And they continue on about this. But essentially, like, that is effed up. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I agree. Even if that's somewhat your motivation, I don't know that you should say it. But like. Um, yeah, I, it's interesting. I, maybe I'm reading too much into this. Or my, I forgot to take my tinfoil hat off. But Chauncey's saying, like, she stayed for me. Is that, like, because he needed an ally or support or guidance? Or are they actually aware that, like, if your ride or die stays in the game, you have a better chance of staying in the game? Well, I mean, definitely in the first half, it would be, like, keeping, allowing Chauncey to stay in the game. Um, but I'm sure it was a combination of, like, support and, you know, doing this for each other type thing. All right. Well, that's it. All right. You can subscribe. Robinswebsite.com slash challenge feed. You can follow me on Twitter, home Brian underscore. Also on TikTok at the same underscore. Oh, yeah. Follow you. At last tweets. We'll be back for episode 12 next week. Till then, have a good one. Thank you.